to bring everything sort of full circle, sort of. Uh, so there's this silly thing. It, it's sort of silly. There's this uh, uh, great thing that has happened in the professional wrestling world. This is connected. Um, a couple of weeks ago now, the WWE did this sort of relatively large layoff where in order to cut costs and stuff, they fired a, a number of different people. And one of the people they fired was this guy. I want to say his name was Drake Worst, like W-U-R-S-T, something like that. Uh-huh. And Drake Worst used to be a wrestler, like an indie wrestler. But for the last like four or five years, he was like a, a referee. Like the WWE hired him to be this referee. And he uh, was fired. He was one of the folks laid off. And what we discover is sort of during his tenure in the WWE, he was like suspended every now and again. And nobody really knew why, you know, referees don't really have a wellness policy that they have to maintain like the wrestlers do. Um, And so that wasn't it. And it turns out it's because he's just a fucking right wing nut job. Like it turns out he's just he's just a goddamn lunatic. Now Vince McMahon is a right wing nut job, but yeah. Vince McMahon, there's one thing more important to Vince than right wing politics, and that's money. Money. <laughs> right. And so and so for Vince, like as it comes out, like as people are like, hey, this Drake guy, hey, I just wanted to set a complaint again for Drake. He just told me about QAnon again, and I don't really care to listen to that. Like, <laughs> you know, he called my trans sister a fucking fag, and I'd really like that shit to stop. Can we make that stop? You know? <laughs> like, and, and so Vince, Vince, you know, he'll be suspended. So he gets fired. He gets laid off with all these other folks getting laid off. And um, no one will book him. Right. Like, no independent wrestling promotion. Probably he's in been canceled. Yeah, that's he's like I've been, and so he had this huge long <laughs> fucking rant like a couple weeks ago, on on like social media where he's like all the fucking liberal snowflakes who invaded pro wrestling because pro wrestling's pretty left wing now. Like there was a time when it yeah. when it was more mixed, but since it is progress, of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> since it's sort of disseminated into the indies, yeah, uh, and WCW and WWE aren't really dominating it in the same way, like. They're a bunch of they're, pro wrestlers are a bunch of journeymen inter, independent contractors. They're union people, dude. Yeah. Like, like they're, of course they're left wing. Like they're all union people, <laughs> and and so like he's like all these fucking snowflakes. These 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 cucks who who don't want to hear the truth or, or cancel me. Like like wrestling's not how it used to be, right? You know, I you had I used to work with guys like. And he started naming some of these wrestlers who were, who were around, who were still wrestling. You know, they would never do that. Well, he names, like, one of the guys he names is Eddie Kingston, who's this, who's this uh, uh, like, hardcore wrestler from, like, Long Island. Like, a legitimately tough dude, like, grew up on the streets, like, before he became a pro yeah. wrestler. And, and Eddie Kingston found out that, like, this guy, like, named him. And he was like, hey, Drake, you keep your fucking, you keep my name out of your fucking mouth or i will beat the <laughs> shit out of you how dare you bring, yeah. bring me into your psychosis yeah like, don't like, you use me to virtue signal you motherfucker yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and like and everybody's like yeah man fuck it so it's pretty funny so uh there's this wrestler named joey janela and joey janela is 
garbage. He's terrible. He's I. <laughs> he really is. He's 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 called the bad boy Joey Janela. And basically, because he has no talent, he wrestles these ultra violent matches that like it's just blood and guts. Now there's some really talented like ultra violent hardcore wrestlers, but Joey Janela is not one of them. But Joey Janela <laughs> is also um uh uh ready to fuck with him and so he agreed to go with drake to a school board meeting to talk about mask mandates and like critical race theory and he shows joey janela shows up he, he, he chronicles all of this on his twitter he shows up in a character as this like maga hat right winger stages a huge meltdown fucking embarrasses the shit out of drake worst like drake worst is like oh my god like 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 fucking embarrasses the shit out of him gets himself kicked out of the school board meeting they all thought it was real and 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 the local news captures him like the local (laughs) one one fellow parent was incensed and left and it's Joey Janela <laughs> in, a, in a MAGA hat he's like these f- fucking liberals fuck 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 and he runs away <laughs> and, uh, and, like, and like some wrestling like news sites are like yeah I didn't know Joey Janela was a right winger and Joey's like you mother you idiot like, like <laughs> work. this is all work you know this is it's, it's, it's theater it's burlesque <laughs> oh, it was pretty funny. I, yeah. I was like, that's good. Good for him. Good for him. So why how much money does a wrestler make? Because like when I was watching that thing with uh, the Montreal screw job, they said that like Vince had to get they, he, Vince couldn't honor his contract with Brett because of the money. And he said it, it was like a ten million dollar contract over or a three million dollar contract over ten years. Mm-hmm. That's not. I thought they would make a lot more money than that at that level. I mean, obviously the guys yeah. playing in the local gymnasium aren't making that, but like I thought, like you know, somebody who's the world champion of the WWE would be making right. way more bank than that. I was surprised that all the more. I mean, Vince is making a ton of money. <laughs> surprised his, a lot of money. I'm surprised yeah. his talent isn't making more. And that <laughs> at the time it made him like the, the highest paid wrestler ever. Or whatever. Yeah, in, I was the like, WWE, really? in the WWE, yeah. Brett was definitely the highest paid wrestler, at least in the WWE. So, like, I could speak a little bit to that because because the this kind of money during that time period was actually really really that was a mate a big factor in wrestling history during that time. So, like, prior to ninety six, ninety five, ninety six, um, uh, wrestlers were not under contract how wrestling worked was you you had like your rate right um because you were an independent contractor you had so they were gig workers (laughs) they were gig workers yeah wrestling is still a gig thing um and and basically what would happen is because of the way wrestling sort of functioned in the states at the very least um wrestlers had to be able to sort of travel to different territories right to to different areas because prior up up until wwf got on cable like it was all local tv you know right and so essentially what would what would happen is like a promoter would be like yeah come and work for me you know 
we'll let let's talk about what what you want to make a night and what I can pay, and you can wrestle for me until you want to go, yeah. essentially. And that's kind of how it was. Um, well, what ends up happening is for a very long time, the WWF is where wrestlers would go to really make their money. Like right. WWF was, was, was the most lucrative sort of territory. Wrestlers can make a good living because part of the way wrestlers make a living is the promoter pays them, but then they also make cuts from like um, action uh, figures. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, stuff, stuff yeah, like that. Stuff like advertisers. That. Right. And so when you get to about 95, and the WCW sort of starts ramping up as like a major competitor. Ted Turner, who has a billion dollars, says, yeah, well, what do we need to do to really compete? You know, like, because he doesn't know anything about wrestling. He just likes yeah. it. He's like, I like wrestling. I don't know anything about it. I really like to compete. What do we need to compete? <laughs> that's that's and, Ted Turner. He's like, I, I don't know anything about this, but if I throw a shitload of money at it, I can have it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's essentially what happened. Eric Bischoff, who's, who's sort of working for Ted Turner, is the executive producer of the show. He's like, well, if I had money, um, we could get folks to come in and we could sign them to exclusive contracts and they can make a shit ton of money and that'd be how it'll go. He's like, do that. And so um, how wrestlers got paid in these kind of major promotions changed because of Ted Turner essentially stealing talent. And so, right. yeah, yeah. So uh, Razor Ramon and Diesel, Scott Nash and, you know, or Kev Kevin Nash and Scott Hall uh, are making good money in WWF, but they're working 300 days a year, traveling all over the world. For like $150,000. Let's say $150,000 a year. Which does Maybe. not seem like enough for that. <laughs> no, no. Um, whereas Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff can be like, well, how much do you want to work? And Kevin Ash is like, I want to work 180 days. Okay, we'll give you $3 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know? And then they just do that. And so uh, things kind of had to switch around and flip around and, and, and Brett sort of getting paid, you know, 3 million over 10 years is uh, a decent amount of money. But well, $300,000 is nothing to shake a stick at, but he's like the only one making that because everybody well, else has to be significantly lower than that. It, it, exactly. And, and that sort of, and so when WWE becomes like a publicly traded company and, and, other kinds of merchandising and, and different sorts of things kick off like, like folks, everybody's making real good money now. Actually rest. I shouldn't say everybody, but like there are more places to work uh, exclusively in this right. country than there used to be uh, impact wrestling, ring of honor, wrestling, AEW, which I watch a lot. I watch a lot of ring of honor and AEW and WWE are, are, are like, major ones based in north america are they commanding like six million views uh, a day no but wrestling is also viewed a lot more now online right. and in streaming things so it, it's just a little different but they're everybody is able to make a living without needing to you know uh, uh necessarily travel all the time you know for, for these things like ring of honor does a tape system where uh, Ring of Honor, at least for during COVID, where you might work for Ring of Honor. Let's say you work for Ring of Honor and they say, yeah, 
you work for Ring of Honor full-time, $55,000 a year. Okay. Something that I might make working in the nonprofit sector, whatever. $55,000 a year to work for Ring of Honor. What that means is you have to be available for tape, for, for tape days, where you might come in to the arena for, let's say, four hours, and you tape six episodes. But then when you're not in COVID time, you're handed a, a touring schedule where you're like, okay, here are your dates for the next three months. You have to make 40 dates over the next three months. You have to be at these places. That's not extra money, but you might be allowed to keep the percentage of your merchandise sales. See right. what I'm saying? Right. And so like the, the travel schedule is a, a little different. Now, if you're just working the indies, um, and a lot of times these wrestlers will also work the indies for extra money. But if you're just working the indies, it is grueling mm -hmm. because essentially what that means is you, you might be working a date for ring of honor, but, but that date might be in two weeks. And from now and in those two weeks, you need, the only way you make money is if you get booked. And so you need to make bookings in, 12 states over the next two weeks right you know and and kind of come around and get to it and and you might be like so like when i saw wrestling in clearfield like mm -hmm. a couple years ago um you know it was 50 people and and like there was a a, a bunch of people from a bunch of wrestlers from pittsburgh who were, who were mm -hmm. working the show but one of the wrestlers there was nyla rose who's like a legitimate female talent like she's mm -hmm. works for aew and she may have made two hundred dollars that night right but it was her date you know she's like yeah, yeah i'm booked so like you know i'll go you know yeah. but but like she made maybe two hundred dollars that night from the promoter and then um maybe she sold 10 t-shirts mm -hmm. you know and then that was that was what she did but she probably had to drive from wherever she was to to, yeah. to make the date yeah so it's grueling it's, it's crazy grueling. like for i can't believe that they don't make more like if i'm if i'm mick foley and i'm gonna get dropped through a fucking cage and my teeth are gonna come i lost you oh you're gone you were in such a good rant there you Sorry. are you're back you're back if, no, you're yeah good. if i'm if, if i'm mick foley and my teeth are gonna come out of my nose I'm going to be making like $300,000 a year is not enough. <laughs> right? I understand. I understand. The, it, it's, uh, and, and, you know, this is why, like, um, this is why a lot of my tastes have changed, you know, and I think it's because I also sense my own mortality. And so I get actually a little more uncomfortable when I see guys like kill themselves, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, I, I listen, I can watch a slower paced, more methodical pro wrestling match if I know somebody's not about to get their fucking neck broken. Like, like, like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Like, like I will watch somebody, you know, wrestle a good scientific wrestling match for $50,000 a year. And I'll feel happy about that. And I'll buy their T-shirt. And I'll be like, <laughs> I'm glad you're making a living. And I think that's really good. But uh, but yeah, it's nuts. Like like Jonathan Gresham, the one guy that I really like that I told you about in the interview I listened to him and he was like, uh, when he got his work visa to work to do shows in Europe, he uh, booked himself a month like tour in Europe, like of just working 
every day for the month of March in 2014. Uh, and, and he had to travel to a different venue every day throughout Western Europe for an entire month. And, and he's like, and he's like uh, uh, I made enough to fly home. i made enough to fly home like that was the answer like like yes i ate during that time but like but like i made enough to fly home and the only reason i did that was for experience and so that folks knew my name yeah like and and i'm like jesus and he's like yeah and you know he's talking about it he's like you've not lived until you are jet lagged and you show up to a room of 15 people (laughs) (laughs) and and you're told you have 45 minutes (laughs) all right you know and then you do it like it's it's crazy it's a life that i i i dream about because it's so i find it so cool because i love it it's like such a it's such a great um uh uh low i'm gonna say low stakes art form all i mean by that is it's like public policy isn't being done here right. you know, like, right. like that's all i mean by low stakes like and and you can watch folks like like just flex like their creative you know and athletic juices you know to really kind of make make something wacky happen just something bizarre yeah. you know I it's, love a, it. it's a tough lifestyle though man i mean yeah you, you got to be built for the road you can't have you can't have a drea and book every day all over europe you know, like there's a lot you got to give up and for enough money for gas money. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to get killed. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think you're right. And and that's why you got like and it was especially bad in the 70s and 80s. That's why that's why yeah. all those wrestlers are are dead. You know, like, yeah. like all those guys are dead for one reason or another. And why so why why the dark side of the ring exists at all? You know, right. because you, you get to you watch these 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 poor people just pound their bodies to death, you know, uh, for nothing, for nothing. Yeah. And even when they, even when they're making money, even when they're making money, like Bret Hart made good money, but even when he went to WCW, he made like what? $10 million in three years. Like like, it's crazy. (laughs) But like, but like he also, you know, it's also, he also probably doesn't really have anything to show for it, you know, except that was one out of how many hundreds of got. I mean, that's like a lottery ticket for a, pro wrestler i mean most guys aren't <laughs> making that i mean good for yeah. brett but yeah good for brett as they right. should I all mean, be treated so well <laughs> yeah. i know uh, well and and i think that's i think that's what's kind of crazy like there are um there's a one of the more recent dark side of the ring episodes was about a dude by the name of the dynamite kid and uh he wrestled he was in a tag team with the british bulldog and you know davy boy smith and and did these different things and he was just he's credited for sort of being the originator of like the modern pro wrestling style like a lot of pro wrestlers now are smaller people like dynamite kid was a smaller guy for his time and he and like guys like Shawn michaels and some of the other guys are sort of credited with the dynamite kid for kind of cultivating this hard hitting kind of small guy style where it's just big kicks and big flips and stuff like that and dynamite, like the, the dark side of the ring story about dynamite is, you know, they're like revolutionary wrestler, absolutely bang a rank talent. The guy, guy was amazing. 
And that guy was on so much coke and roids <laughs> in order to, A, be taken even remotely seriously in the WWF. Because in the 80s, if you weren't six foot three, you were nothing. Right. You know, so so he basically had to be built like a boulder. <laughs> you know? uh, and you had to take coke because how else are you going to fucking make 310 dates? a year like yeah like how else are you gonna do that you know how else are you gonna just travel all the time and and he uh, and they talk about dynamite just just being just just falling apart like his whole body falls apart like everything falls apart his family falls apart and and it's awful it's awful but you know what did he have to show for it what's even worse is what he has to show for it is um people that because of what happened to him like he ends up being like he get total roid rage. He ends up threatening to kill his kids. Like it's like just absolutely horrendous stuff. And and at the end of this, you know, he didn't kill his kids, thankfully. But at the end of this, like, like the interviewer asks, um, like Jim Cornette, like one of the guys in the Dark Side of the Ring, like, so why why don't anybody talk about the Dynamite Kid? Like like you could probably go through a whole host of '80s wrestling stuff, and and if you remember the Dynamite Kid, you remember him. But like. Nobody's like talks about the dynamite kid in interviews. Why is that? And everybody's like, he fucking tried to kill his kids. Like, like, yeah. you know, you know, it doesn't matter if your body of work is good. Yeah. You know, like, like he, that's what's sad about the dynamite kid. He had such little guy syndrome yeah. and, and such a work ethic. Cause he wanted to be taken seriously and everything he did to do that resulted in, in his entire life falling apart. And for, none of his peers to respect him you know right. <laughs> and so the opposite of what he wanted to happen yeah. or like even with brett i can't remember if they brett talks about this in his dark side of the ring thing but like brett did not want to go to wcw he ends up going to wcw because he was because of the montreal screw job and then he has a fucking match with bill goldberg mm-hmm. and he's and he says to bill goldberg hey whatever you do bill don't hurt me because I finally got here. I'm the world champion. We're doing stuff. Don't hurt me. And fucking minute, you know, one in that match, Bret Hart, Irish whips, Bill Goldberg into the rope. Bill Goldberg comes back, kicks Bret Hart square in the face and gives him a career ending concussion. <laughs> and, and Bret's like, Jesus Christ, what is the matter with you? Like, like Bill, come on. Like, and that's the end of Bret's career. Like, it's over. Oh, oh, well. did, did Goldberg do that intentionally? No, Goldberg is just trash. He was just trash. Like, like you, you, that's another. This is an in ring accident. Yeah, like he was. He's just a. He was no good. I think uh, Jim. That was another thing. Jim Ross. No, it was Bret. He's a good defensive it. tackle. That's. I'm glad for him. But like Bret, Bret Hart was like Bret Hart was like on a scale of one to ten. Bill Goldberg was at a zero. I would say like like in terms of in ring ability. But you know he was big. Well, I guess that's good. You know, it just sucks you can work for that long, do that much, and like shit it all away, like the dynamite kid, or like, like nobody talks about Chris Benoit. You're exact, buddy. It's the same thing. Like, Chris (laughs) Benoit was fucking immaculate. What an absolutely top shelf uh, professional wrestler who, like, I will still watch matches and go, My God, he was inhuman. Buddy, I watched it. I watched it. He wasn't human. I watched it. He was. I watched a fucking match with between Chris Benoit and, and The Rock in 2000. I just watched this not long ago. 
for the WWE title. It was a pretty good match. Rock, Rock was always good. Um, and it was for the WWE titles in 2000s on a pay-per-view. It was a 25-minute match. Decent size, ma- decent length of a match. Rock is not in bad shape. He's the Rock. Right. He's not in bad shape. At the end of that match, Rock is definitely, you can tell Rock is feeling it. He is very sweaty. He is huffing and puffing. He is doing it. And Chris Benoit is pretending to feel it. Like Chris Benoit <laughs> looks like he could go another 45 minutes. Like he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Good match. It's because like, of I'm the like, speedball that he probably. <laughs> <laughs> Is unreal, you know, <laughs> like, like he, he, but but yeah, I mean, that's another example of that. Like, nobody talks about Chris Benoit. Well, of course not. Why would we? It doesn't matter that he was one of the best of all time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The dude killed his family and then killed himself. Yeah. Now, he did that because he was he was so hocked up on roids and his brain looked like Swiss cheese because of yeah. how dangerous everything is, but he still did it. Terrible. Wow. Crazy there. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for the lesson again. I always enjoy talking it. about that stuff. It's it's, oh, it's interesting. Man. I like it when you do it on what the hell is a pastor. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I think Joe secretly likes it too. She, she I does. had her eating out of the palm in my hand with, with the Mick Foley story. I was <laughs> I was right there. So so that was good. But yeah. All righty, ma'am. I'll talk to you later. Have a good rest of the day. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. You too.